It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. He slips under the door of your consciousness like a wisp of malevolent mist. He sniffs out your desires and feeds on your fears and prejudices. He quietly infuses the pictures hanging on the walls of your mind with temptations and justifications for the things you would never do in your right mind. In the darkness of your solitary mind, he whispers seductive evil until everything he says sounds so reasonable you can justify it yourself. Then justification in your mind turns into justifications from your mouth. You might say it to yourself or to others. The passion of your convictions sweeping them along in the rapids, washing you to the waterfall of your destruction. Then justifications from your mouth turn into actions. And just then. Greetings and welcome to the Speedway Show. Since some people celebrate Halloween at this time of year, I thought it might be interesting to think of a rather morbid topic. I was originally going to talk about wills today, but then I thought, oh, not morbid enough. So today, Our topic is Beware the Wicked Whisperer. Herman Cain. Do you remember him? You might remember that he was a Tea Party activist from Georgia who became a candidate for the 2012 U.S. Republican Party presidential nomination. What you may not know is that Mr. Kane graduated from the prestigious Morehouse College in Georgia and obtained his master's from Purdue University. He worked for the U.S. Department of the Navy, the, and, and he was the vice president at the Pillsbury Company here in Minneapolis. He was a business executive at Burger King chairman and CEO of Godfather's Pizza, chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City. He was a senior economic advisor to the Bob Dole presidential campaign. Herman Cain is also an author, business executive, radio host, syndicated columnist, a highly accomplished man in his own right. And those are just a few of his many, many accolades. At 
of his prominence in American politics, he was a strong contender for the presidential candidacy. He announced his presidential candidacy in May of 2011, and he was the Republican frontrunner. And at one point, he even led President Obama in the polls. He advanced the 999 plan. You might remember this. And the concept of the 999 plan was that uh, he and and his party wanted to get rid of the complicated tax code that we have today and replace it with this plan, 9% business transactions tax, a 9% personal income tax, and a 9% federal sales tax across the board, flat tax, essentially. Herman Cain was the most covered candidate in 20, uh, when was it, 2011. Every time, I know you remember this, right? Every time there wasn't a day that went by when we weren't bombarded with great tales of Herman Cain's campaign appearances across the country. And just then, Jesse Lewis Jackson Jr. is, of course, the son of activist and former presidential candidate Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson Jr. is a former politician who represented Illinois' second congressional district in the U.S. House of Representatives from 1995 until his resignation in 2012 a long and successful political career up to that point. He came to office after winning a special election in 1995. His district included part of Chicago's southeast suburbs known as the Southland and part of the Southside. Before that, he worked for his dad in his 1984 presidential campaign and his social justice, civil rights, and political activism organization, Operation Push. Jesse Jackson Jr. also served as a national co-chairman of the 2008 Barack Obama presidential campaign, and he has co-authored books on civil rights and personal finance. Jesse Jackson Jr.'s wife, Sandy Jackson, once served on the Chicago City Council. These two were indubitably a prominent power couple in both Chicago and Washington, D.C. And just that, Lance Edward Armstrong is the man we all know as a former professional road racing cyclist. He won the 1993 World Championship Classica de San Sebastián in 1995, along with a handful of other victories in Europe. Well, we loved him then, did we not? But wait, in October 1996, 
Lance Armstrong was diagnosed with stage 3 or advanced testicular cancer that had spread to his brain and his lungs. He underwent brain and testicular surgery and extensive chemotherapy. In early 1997, he was declared cancer-free and he founded the Lance Armstrong Foundation dedicated to researching and finding solutions for cancer. Then we all remember his huge breakthrough, right? Lance Armstrong, post-cancer, broke the world record by winning the Tour de France seven consecutive times between 1999 and 2005. Yes, the accolades and congratulations, the support, the endorsements, the money that came pouring in. He was amazing. He was on top of the world. And just then, And not just to focus on the men. We can also think of others who have done amazing things similarly, right? For example, we can think about, uh, let's find a woman. How about Martha Stewart, right? Who is Martha Stewart, you say? Well, I think most people have heard of Martha Stewart, or at least I sure hope so. She is an American business magnate. She is a writer and television personality. She is the founder of Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia. She has been incredibly successful through a variety of business ventures, which include merchandising, e-commerce, broadcasting, and publishing. She has written many, many best-selling books, and she has her own magazine called Martha Stewart Living, and she also has an internationally syndicated broadcast talk show. Martha Stewart is one of the icons of success in American media today and in home decorating, home making, and all things associated with having a beautiful home with very, very yummy things and delicious treats and uh, all things Martha Stewart. Wow! Indeed. Now, having said all of that, As for Martha Stewart, we can also say the same thing. The height of Martha's success, or at least what we thought was the height of Martha's success at the time, also came with a statement that I can also say, and just then. Now, before we go on, you might be thinking, well, that's all very interesting. Why are you so focused on these celebrities today? 
I am using celebrities to illustrate my point in this show, not because I want you to remember and chuckle and guffaw, but because I want to use examples that you will likely know or have heard about yourself. Here is the truth. When it comes to the wicked whisperer, we have all fallen short of the promised land. I have, and so have you. So I don't want you to sit there and cast stones and point fingers, these unfortunate individuals. What I want you to do is I want you to think about what the wicked whisperer has talked you into doing and how easily what happened to these prominent people could could happen to you or perhaps has already happened to you. And if this sounds like you in some respects and something like this has happened to you, I want you to raise your consciousness about the wicked whisperer's influence over your life. You too might have lost your your livelihood, your family, your spouse, your reputation to actions you committed with the help of the wicked whisperer's prompting. If so, then you know what that feels like. And perhaps the only difference between you and some of the people we're talking about today is that at least you got to lose your shirt in the privacy and anonymity of your very low-profile existence. I've often thought, you know, bad enough when you see stuff written all over the tabloids, let's say about somebody's, you know, somebody's going through a a breakup or somebody's um, been charged with some criminal allegation. I always think, you know, how awful for that person and their family anyway. But how much worse must it be when their pain now has to play out in front of all the rest of us and, you know, be snickered about by gossip columnists on television and in the papers. You know, it's so bad to go through stuff like that in your private life. So what I want you to do is listen with compassion and self-reflection. Ever since that snake convinced Eve to eat that apple, we have been the victim, all of us, to the wicked whisperer. I am Eve, and you are Eve too. And if you're a guy, then you are Adam, because all of us have fallen short. And since, while we're talking, I'm no stranger to poking fun at myself, and if you don't believe that, listen to some of my shows, like, uh, let's see, uh, I go 50 miles every day. For example, I might occasionally poke fun at some of these people too, because sometimes the only bright light in any mishap is the humor we can find in the situation as we learn. Well, now let's see what happened to these prominent individuals. Uh, as I have said, just then. How do we know the wicked whisperer got to them, you might ask? And I would say, we know by the fruits and the outcomes that all of us saw. The common thread is that just when 
he has convinced you, seduced you into believing you are indestructible, that what you're doing makes all the sense in the world, that you perhaps are so great you can get away with anything and how dare anybody question you. Just when the wicked whisperer has talked you into doing things you would never do in the light of your right mind, just when he has motivated, goaded, pushed, persuaded you into doing the very things he has been suggesting, and this may go on for years. In fact, you might even be persuaded into doing more things just because you got away with the first thing and the second thing, and you're thinking, all right, I'm bad. I am indeed invincible, and no one can touch me. And by, by the way, the Wicked Whisperer comes in many forms, and some very pleasing forms, including very pleasing female forms too. So if you're a guy, your Wicked Whisperer might be the voice of a beautiful, seductive woman in your head saying, oh yes, honey, you can absolutely get away with this. And just then, And just then, the bright light of reality shines, catches you like a naked cockroach in the middle of the floor. The crowd begins to jeer. And you're sitting there thinking, how did this happen? The handcuffs may turn up out of the blue before you can scurry off into a dark corner. Your career. Your love life. Your family life. Your reputation. (laughs) And everything else you may hold dear may instantly implode like the fireworks finale on Independence Celebration <laughs> You look around at your friends, your family, your acquaintances and colleagues who once held you in such high regard, and they are backing away so fast that it is making your head spin. The lawyers have now become your best friends. They campaign your cause, declaring your innocence and how you can't wait trial so you can tell your story and the truth can finally come out. And all the chest-thumping and table-banging actually sounds really good. So good it almost convinces you that you are indeed the innocent victim of malicious and malevolent conspirators until the money runs out and the lawyers shake your hand with a friendly smile, tell you you'll be fine from here on out. They pat your back reassuringly and with a wave and encouraging fist pump for you to continue fighting the good fight 
they are off to the next paycheck, leaving you. And where do you suppose the wicked whisperer is then? There backing you up and all the crazy things he convinced you to do? Standing by you and screaming for justice? Oh, no. He vanished like a puff of smoke just as quickly as he slid in under that trap door in your mind in the first place. He heard the mad crowd with the sickles and burning torches. He heard them long before you had any clue they were even coming for you. He was like the dad teaching his son to ride a bicycle. You think he's there the whole time holding you up? But then, as you're flying down the road, you look around, and he is down the block clapping and cheering you on, and you are flying solo. By the time you ride into that stream of bright, damning light, the wicked whisperer is nowhere to be found, and it is all on you. So we start with Herman Cain. November 2011, the secrets began to leak out. Two women popped out of nowhere and accused him of sexual harassment and misconduct during his time as CEO of the National Restaurant Association in the late 1990s. Mr. Kane denied those allegations vehemently. And just then, Two more women turned up and made more accusations. Mr. Kane denied those vehemently. And just then, it turned out that the Restaurant Association had made financial settlements with the two women who claimed harassment. Do you remember this? Every day, there was some new development in the breaking news about Mr. Kane's unfortunate sexual problems. And now Mr. Kane couldn't deny the settlement, so he tried to explain them away. And just then, two of the four women decided that they were now going to go public and stop hiding behind the shadows of anonymity so they could tell their stories and really be heard. And just then, we learned about Ginger White, and we learned about her the first time from Mr. Kane himself. He told us that Ginger would be claiming to have an affair with him, but that it was not true. Well, Ms. White did indeed make such an allegation. In fact, it was an hour later on Fox 5 in Atlanta. She claimed the affair with Mr. that Mr. Kane denied had lasted 13 years and ended right before he announced his presidential campaign. Well, poor Herman Kane tried his best to recover from that one and the rest of them. He declared her allegations and the allegations of sexual harassment to be character assassination. 
And indeed it was, because he certainly couldn't have, uh, he couldn't survive the character assassination. His once fantastic poll numbers tanked. On December 3, 2011, Herman Cain announced he was suspending his campaign for the presidency. Finally, on May 15, 2012, Herman Cain endorsed Mitt Romney. Just think, had Herman Cain not fallen victim to the wicked whisperer, he and not Mitt Romney would have been the Republican frontrunner. And who knows, since he led President Obama in the polls, who is to say he might not have won the election all together? But we will never know because he fell victim to the wicked whisperer. Years before he ever entered into the presidential race, the wicked whisperer had already planted enough seeds to raise a whole garden of failure that would choke poor Herman Cain back into obscurity. And we have seen many different flavors of the same thing, haven't we? Anthony Weiner. We have all watched as his grand hopes of becoming New York City's next mayor had been dashed on the rocks of an ongoing sexting scandal. Jesse Jackson, in October 2012, Jesse Jackson Jr. was investigated for alleged financial improprieties, including possible misuse of campaign funds. He resigned from Congress a month later, citing mental and physical health problems, including bipolar disorder, clinical depression, and gastrointestinal problems. I bet he was stressed. On February the 8th, Mr. Jackson Jr. admitted to violating federal campaign, uh, campaign laws by using campaign funds to make personal purchases. This led him to plead guilty in February of 2013 to one count of wire and mail fraud. He has recently started serving a 30-month federal prison sentence. In the same prison, by the way where Bernie Madoff and Aaron Broussard served their sentences, too. Mr. Jackson's wife, Sandy, was sentenced to 12 months in prison for filing false tax returns in an attempt to conceal the crime. Her sentence will start after his so that their kids can have one parent at home. Again, the door has closed on two amazing careers. When Bill Clinton fell victim to the wicked whisperer, it tied up our attention, time, and huge amounts of taxpayer dollars for years. Independent counsel Kenneth Starr spent five years investigating the Clintons, and the estimated cost to taxpayers was estimated at around $4.7 million. Hello. In his first denial attempt, he shook his finger at all of us. You remember this. And he said with such conviction, I did not have sexual relations with that. In my opinion, this statement goes down in history with others like, I am not a crook, said by Richard Nixon, actually his exact quote was, I'm not a crook. He said that during the Watergate investigation, 
and read my lips. No new taxes, said by George H.W. Bush with great conviction before the term in which he did just that and lost many of his Republican supporters. Unlike Arlen Specter, Anthony Weiner, Jesse Jackson Jr., and Herman Cain, who all lost their footing, Bill Clinton managed to hold on to his presidency despite a 21-day impeachment trial and subsequent attempt to censure him. So, all of these things suggest that you and me, yes, you and me, should beware that wicked whisperer. Now, join me next week for a conclusion of this particular topic, and I will also give you some ideas and some suggestions for how we can all avoid the wicked whisperer. So, Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.